From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and this is episode 296. We are four episodes away from the Big 300, but don't sleep on this episode because this is a Passengers Pick episode where the Wrestling DeLorean passengers pick the show by voting on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast Twitter page. And the show that you guys chose is WWE Money in the Bank 2011. It's going to be a super stack show. I can't wait to talk about this show. Thank you so much for picking this show. But before we get into the show, follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, let's cut the chit chat. Let's get into the super stack show right now. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your Friday routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it is no lie, my favorite day of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast is Friday because it is the passenger's pick day where you, my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world, go to my Twitter page and vote for the show that I am talking about. And the show that I'm talking about today is the show that you guys picked out of the four shows listed, and it is WWE Money in the Bank 2011, a show that took place 12 years ago on this month. A show that I cannot wait to talk about It was a really, really fun show, especially with the drama, the high drama going into it with CM Punk and John Cena. CM Punk said that he would leave the company after Money in the Bank. But will he be leaving with the WWE Championship? That's the question. But before we talk about that, I got to once again give a big shout out and salute all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Without you, there is no me. So big salute to you guys. I cannot tell you enough how much I love you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get into the show. This show... The build-up to the show is something I will never forget. I will never forget when CM Punk sat at the top of that stage, crossed his legs, and did the infamous pipe bomb. I remember a week before that even happened, there was a number one contendership match between CM Punk Rey Mysterio, and Alberto Del Rio. The winner of that match was obviously CM Punk. CM Punk said that if 
he wins the title, it doesn't even really matter because come money in the bank, he is no longer contractually obligated to the WWE. So whether he wins or loses, he's gone. But he would love to win that WWE title on his way out. And then a week later, it was John Cena versus R-Truth in a tables matchup. And that's when we had the infamous pipe bomb. Now, there's been many, many, many legendary promos that I talked about on the Wrestling Glory podcast. And every single time I have, I put the audio from that promo on the show. When Stone Cold Steve Austin cut the infamous Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. When he cut that promo at King of the Ring 1996, I played it here on the show. For the infamous WrestleMania 17, Limp Biscuit My Way promo between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, I played it on the show. So I cannot wait to get to this show because I wanted to put this audio in. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the infamous Pipe Bomb promo by CM Punk leading into Money in the Bank. Here it is. John Cena, while you... You lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be. I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE Championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am, and that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. You're as good as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though. He's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I am the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he split just like I'm splitting, but the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's imaginary brass rings that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that, they're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me and the fact that day in and day out, 
for almost six years, I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even at commentary. Nobody can touch me. And yet, no, how many, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your lovely little collector cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster WrestleMania. I'm not in the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien, I'm not on Jimmy Fallon, but the fact of the matter is I should be, and trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. Oh, hey, let, let me get something straight. Those of you who are cheering me right now, you are just the biggest part of me leaving as anything else. Because you're the ones that are sipping out of those collector cups right now. You're the ones that buy those programs that my face isn't on the cover of. And then at 5 in the morning at the airport, you try to shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and try to sell it on eBay because you're too lazy to go get a real job. I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th, and hell, who knows, maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people, because after I'm gone, you're still gonna pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel's gonna keep turning, and I understand that. But Vince McMahon's gonna make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing, nonsensical, yes-men like John Laurinaitis, who's gonna tell him everything that he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's, it's gonna get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon, all right? Can we do this whole bully camp? And it was at that point that CM Punk's microphone got cut off Boy, the crowd was pandemonium, but even more, the mainstream media was in a frenzy when CM Punk cut this promo. WWE became mainstream again for a couple weeks because everyone wanted to have CM Punk on this show. Everyone wants to know what was CM Punk talking about. Is CM Punk just doing a part of a storyline here? Was CM Punk shooting? Was CM Punk telling what he really feels? It was an absolute insane time for the WWE and that led up to what was a highly, highly anticipated matchup. In the coming weeks from here, Vince McMahon said if John Cena loses the WWE title to CM Punk at Money in the Bank, John Cena is fired because the WWE is nothing without the WWE Championship. So if, so if John Cena is the reason why that championship is no longer with the company, then Cena will no longer be with this company. So either CM Punk wins the title and leaves, and John Cena's fired, or CM Punk loses. There was so much 
drama leading into Money in the Bank 2011 in Chicago. And this show, as I remembered it, was a one-match show. Because no one really cared about anything else besides that matchup. And then if I remember correct, if I was remembering correctly, there was nothing really that good on the show until that matchup. Until I watched it again for you guys. And boy was I wrong, because this show was a fucking banger. And we're going to talk about all of it when we come back from this commercial break. So stay tuned, y'all. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about Money in the Bank 2011 from the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Really good show. And and like I said before the commercial break, I went into this thinking, 
All right, so I'm here for the main event. I'll sit through everything else. But, bro, bro, that first matchup, the opening matchup of the show for the SmackDown Money in the Bank. This is when still you had a Money in the Bank matchup for Raw and a Money in the Bank uh, matchup for SmackDown. The show started out with the SmackDown Money in the Bank, and it was a freaking banger. The matchup was contested between Heath Slater, Sin Cara, Wade Barrett, Justin Gabriel, Sheamus, Kane, Cody Rhodes, and Brian Danielson. I'm, well, Daniel Bryan. And, bro, this might be one of the most underrated Money in the Bank ladder matches in the history of the Money in the Bank ladder match. I would have to say that this was probably the best one that I've seen since maybe the inception of the Money in the Bank concept at WrestleMania 21. The drama was insane. The stories within the story was insane. The story within the match, I should say. Having Justin Gabriel, Wade Barrett, and Heath Slater, three former members of the Nexus and the three current members of the core in this matchup. Having Daniel Bryan in this matchup, who was significantly smaller than everybody else in this match, but still was the ultimate underdog. Having Michael Cole completely undermine Daniel Bryan in this matchup. And then some of the spots. Sin Cara getting powerbombed through a ladder on the outside by Sheamus was nasty. A lot of sick, sick spots in this matchup. Some of the interactions between Cody Rhodes and Daniel Bryan was dope. But the finish with Daniel Bryan becoming the Money in the Bank winner was an awesome, awesome finish. And I'll tell you what. A lot of people look at this now and be like, oh, well, I mean, of course, he's a big star. But at the time, Daniel Bryan, this is pre-Yes movement. This is pre-people really organically getting behind Daniel Bryan. And they went with Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan did it. He did it. He won the money in the bank. And then he goes on to win the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. It wasn't the best reign. He did lose it in 18 seconds to Sheamus at WrestleMania 28. But nonetheless, we started to see the evolution of Daniel Bryan because it was at this moment where things started to change. He wasn't that white meat babyface anymore. It was the Money in the Bank briefcase that led to him winning the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, which led to him losing, which led to the crowd organically getting behind Daniel Bryan, which led to the Yes Movement, which led to WrestleMania 30, where Daniel Bryan was in the main event of WrestleMania. I don't think any of that happens without the first domino dropping here at Money in the Bank 2011. Go out of your way to see this matchup because it was awesome. There was some matches on the show. Um, nothing that really were too, you know, newsworthy. We had the Bella Twins versus Kelly Kelly and Eve Torres. Um, it was a pretty much a nothing matchup. We had a matchup between uh, Mark Henry and the Big Show. We've seen it, especially in this time period, Mark Henry and the Big Show wrestle hundreds and hundreds of times against each other. In the end, Mark Henry wins when he injures the Big Show's leg. 
And then we got the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match. This was contested between Alberto Del Rio, Kofi Kingston, R-Truth, The Miz, Evan Bourne, Rey Mysterio, Jack Swagger, and Alex Riley. One of the most insane spots in this matchup and in the whole night was Evan Bourne hitting a 20-foot shooting star press onto all the wrestlers on the outside. Absolutely sick spot. Nasty. For you to go up there and hit a shooting star from a 20-foot ladder. Insane. Beautiful spot. But besides that, I gotta say, this matchup was very underwhelming. And I think it was because it could not live up to what the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match did. This was a solid Money in the Bank ladder match. But I think that because the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match started out the show and they went all out. I think that the Raw Money in the Bank had a lot to live up to. And even though there was a lot more stars in the match, they couldn't live up to the hype. And I'll tell you what. That crowd was organically growing and going for Alberto Del Rio. ADR got a huge pop. ADR had a bright future, and that crowd wanted to see ADR win the Money in the Bank, and that's exactly what ended up happening because the winner of this matchup is Alberto De Rio. We had a World Heavyweight Championship matchup on the show, a matchup that was really good, amazing matchup, but the finish hurt it, especially... A title change without a victory. That That's kind of what hurt it. But the matchup I'm talking about, of course, is Randy Orton versus Christian for the World Heavyweight Champion. The stipulation going into this was if Randy Orton gets disqualified during this matchup, the title will change hands to Christian. So during the matchup, even though it was a solid matchup and fundamentally sound, during the matchup, Christian did try his best to provoke the Viper into getting disqualified. And there were many points where he was thinking about maybe hitting Christian with a chair. He was thinking about maybe taking him out to the outside. But Randy Orton, you hear those sirens. We out here in these streets. You hear those sirens. Anyway, many points of this matchup, Randy Orton was tempted to hit something that would cause a DQ. But he held his composure until the end where Christian was in the corner and spit in Randy Orton's face, landing in his mouth. Disgusting. This made Randy Orton see red, and Randy Orton basically did everything that Christian wanted him to. Took him to the outside, hit him with a chair, hit him with an RKO onto the announce table. And as the referee is trying to stop Randy Orton from doing this, Randy Orton pushes the referee down. And it is announced that Randy Orton is officially disqualified, and that is how Christian becomes a two-time WWE champion. Now, Amazing for Christian. I'm glad that he had that opportunity. And I always thought that he should have been higher up on the card in the WWE. We saw him in his full potential in TNA when he was running with the NWA world champion. But I always thought that it was a cop-out for Christian to not get a pinfall victory on Randy Orton. But it's not out the realm of possibility that someone at the caliber of Christian could beat Randy Orton. I mean, that's not taking anything away from Randy Orton. Randy Orton is a legend, but so is Christian. So, I mean, I don't know. 
Anyway, Christian is leaving Money in the Bank 2011 Chicago as your world heavyweight champion. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about the highly anticipated main event between CM Punk and John Cena. So stay tuned, y'all. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, so this is the matchup that this show is mainly known for. John Cena versus CM Punk. Now, the last passenger's pick, y'all picked ECW One Night Stay in 2006. And we talked about how John Cena walked into a hostile, hostile environment where that crowd was 150% behind RVD. I'm going to say Randy Orton. They, oh, Randy Orton was on that show too. And boy, were they not behind Randy Orton. But RVD had the home field advantage and John Cena got booed out the building. There was never an instance where that was even close to being replicated. But until this moment where CM Punk had the home field advantage, five years later, in the same month as DCW One I Stand, which is very ironic, but... He had the home field advantage in Chicago. And once again, that crowd was 150% behind CM Punk. And John Cena got booed out the building. This felt like John Cena went right back to the Hammerstein. Because they were all for the Second City Saint. CM Punk was eating it up. His entrance, you got to go and go watch this entrance from Money in the Bank. That crowd was giving CM Punk a hero's welcome. And they were making CM Punk know that they are behind him. If the company's not behind him, if the WWE, if Vince McMahon, if the executives are not behind CM Punk, it don't fucking matter because he has 20,000 of Chicago fans strongly behind him. We saw a very similar sign to ECW when I stand where it said, if Cena wins, we riot. There was a sign that says, if Punk loses, we riot. And John Cena looked like a megastar, and I'll tell you why. Because even though this crowd was booing the shit out of John Cena, even though this crowd wanted John Cena's head on a silver platter and 
dead to CM Punk. John Cena was able to do something that he did not do and was not able to do at ECW One Night Stand 2006. John Cena was able to start to turn the crowd on his side. When John Cena came out, it was 100% booze. During the match, there was 100% you can't wrestle chance, Cena sucks chance, and CM Punk chance. Halfway through the match, you get let's go Cena, Cena sucks. So now we're starting to hear the small majority, the small minority, I should say, of John Cena chants. But by the end of the show, not saying he fully turned the crowd. This was not Rocky in Russia against Drago. But there were a couple instances where John Cena hit that attitude adjustment. And you heard a pop. So the story is CM Punk having home field advantage in his hometown. But a story that maybe doesn't get talked about enough is John Cena being able to get that crowd approval. Because whether they wanted to see John Cena win or not, John Cena earned the respect of the Chicago fans that night. A a, a fan base that was very much against John Cena, the last high-profile matchup he had in that arena, which was at WrestleMania 22 against Triple H. Ironically, CM Punk was a part of John Cena's entrance that night as a gangster with a Tommy gun. But that crowd was 100% behind Triple H. And going into this match, that crowd was 100% behind CM Punk. But by the end of it, yes, that crowd was in unison when CM Punk won. They were excited for CM Punk, the hometown hero. But it wasn't like ECW One Night Stand 2006 where you had 100% of the crowd shit on John Cena because it went from 100% of the crowd behind Punk to maybe, maybe 80-20. And that 20% that wanted John Cena, I'm sure sounded like a million to John Cena. It was a phenomenal matchup. The in-ring action was insane. The false finishes, the drama was amazing and perfectly done. The involvement of Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis looking like we're about to have another, a repeat of the Montreal Screwjob and John Cena stopping it by running out and knocking out John Laurinaitis and then sliding back into the ring just to be hit with the GTS for CM Punk to pick up the victory. But then to Vince McMahon to call out Alberto Del Rio to cash in his money in the bank and fail. And then the infamous moment where CM Punk was standing over the guardrail, blows a kiss to Vince McMahon goodbye, and takes off in the crowd. This is, in my opinion, one of the best matches in WWE in the decade of the 2010s. And I... I know everybody's seen this matchup, but go out of your way and go watch this matchup again. It's not going to disappoint. You're going to love it. 
I thoroughly enjoyed this show. I had a lot of fun with this show. I got to say, it was a lot better than I remember. And I'm talking about everything before the main event. And then that main event was like the icing on the cake because that main event was Chef Kiss. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you to all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers for picking this show. On Monday, we'll be back with a new episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. On Tuesday, we'll have another poll-up for another passenger's pick for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. And on Wednesday, we'll have another episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. So more episodes are coming every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So don't miss any of the action. Follow along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow along on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow along on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. The best place to listen to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast is on our parent company, iHeartRadio. You don't want to miss any of the action. You could listen to it on all audio platforms, but make sure you give iHeartRadio a little love. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back on Monday talking about the Forbidden Door pay-per-view going down this Sunday, so you don't want to miss that. Thank you again for all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers for always riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I love you all. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay positive. One love. Peace out, y'all. Niggas acting tough in the hood. Till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club. Till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. Till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves done. Go fuck with De Niro, I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy, I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver, Don Dada, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross, that's when your ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk, trigger finger street smile, leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas that get tough in the hood, till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, till the wolves come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise. Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin said you know what you know that's for the pack to remember and if a nigga leaking these we gotta niggas say the dead don't talk but that money do if I put a hole in his melon I bet his honey do shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal I think it's like a tough in the hood to the wolves come bitches let a drink in the club to the wolves come surrounded by the sheep in the street to the wolves come everyone strip on the floor to the wolves come heard them got them niggas they be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you're at No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.